Thank you for joining The Bevel Talk, Season 16, Episode 1, Introduction to Inspection Technology. Today, we're talking with Kim Hayes, the founder and president of Val Kim Technologies. You can learn more about Kim and her business from the link in the description below. Let's get right into it. Hello, and welcome to Bevel Talk today. Thanks for coming and joining us. Today, we've got Kimberly Hayes of Valkim Technology. Kim, how you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. And yourself? I'm doing great. Thanks. Thanks for being with us today. So, for our listeners, give us a give us a background. Help us get to know you. Who are you? What's Valkim Technologies, etc.? Okay. Well, um, I'm 25 years over in the NDT environment. I was a part of a company where we did chemical processing and got, um, I was held on a retention contract back in 01 and we were purchased by ITW Magnaflux. So that's how I ended up folding into the ITW family. And, um, any through the, the time there, we, we ended up, I was a regional manager. Then I ended up being a business development manager because always kind of asking questions. We, when I had moved from LA to San Antonio, I took over a territory and noticed, and I'd previously only focused on aerospace industry. And when I got here, I noticed we lost a quarter of a million dollars in two customers and one product that the aerospace industry didn't use. So, you know, one wants to ask why. And we, I started digging into it and I had no clue what these long sticks were used for at the time. And I started finding out there were drill pipe and there was a fracking curve going on. So there was extreme pressures on the upsets on those drill pipes. So the pressure or the inspections were very critical. Um, And there happened to be some environmental challenges in Houston that aren't often replicated in a clean aerospace shop environment or even in different regional areas. So taking into consideration the steel steel toe boots and hard hat mentality, getting there and understanding what the customer's needs are, bringing that back to the company and saying, hey, you know, we, we need to better understand, you know, seek to understand, then be understood. And uh, then the, that kind of started the trajectory of, of being a glo- global business development manager where I had the opportunity to check Southeast Asia, Europe, you know, South America to see if this one inspection the SEA inspection is the same globally. And and thank goodness in the NDT environment, as well as in welding, the physics dominate over the company banner. So that's how I ended up getting the privilege to be able to work with uh, ITW Miller Welding Innovations team for a number of years, um, which was nice to be the only one from test and measurements. But in that innovation, we, we took into all things weld, cut bevel, post-well heat treat, uh, low hydrogen filler metal, RMD regulated metal deposition, welding process, or Instron Bueller um, radiography through QSA and the like to try to look at the whole industry in general and how can the corporate portfolio solve whatever pinpoint needs for financial optimization, uh, cost reduction, or safety. And then when I was there, I ended up getting back into the NDT community five and a half years with Olympus and I was doing advanced ultrasonics and eddy current. Here's an interesting part that that's really near and dear to me and to why I like 
this opportunity is, you know, we were having these conversations, phased array in lieu of RT and looking at North America when the industrial radiography market and the oil and gas is, is 85% still film. How can you really talk advanced and digital transformation when you're still using legacy processes? So in that, I went to, to VMI to try to target in that space, and then COVID kind of came in and curtailed some of that strategic initiatives to where it was important to do sales push, and that wasn't what I wanted. So luckily, I just said, well, now's the time to make change happen. And uh, because uh, like the guy from Microsoft, uh, CEO from Microsoft said, they were able to recognize two years of their projections in two months due to COVID because of that forced innovation. So I figured with that and the reduction in carbon footprint, now's the time to really um, invoke those whiteboard discussions and long roadmaps into actual field deployable applications. So in Valchem, that's what we do is focus on uh, fast iteration prototyping with the voice of the customer very close to the um, operation of it and was able to get three patents, two prototypes, and um, working down that path closely with industry and not so much method or modality focused, but looking at the three quarter inch hole, not the three quarter inch drill bit. Long explanation, but it was a, it's a wonderful journey. No, that, that's fantastic. So I'm going to unpack that a little bit. We're going to take it a little bit at a time here because there's a lot going on and there's some really interesting updates in technology that, that we're seeing and trends. And I really want to get your take on that. So, before you came over from, from when you came over from the aerospace industry, were you part of the welding group there? Were you doing anything in the welding or, or what were you doing with that? No, actually I was primarily on the NDT side. Okay. Um, and it, it, at that time there wasn't that much of a cross collaboration. I think it was 08, 09. There was a, a really good concerted effort where the corporate level where we would ha- host these events multi-day events and the different specialists from different product lines could present to show the magnitude of ITW's capabilities. Um, Even though it's not within your catalog, you can reach over the fence to a different catalog within the same umbrella. So we started doing that and I was luckily very drawn to that. So that's when I kind of, 08, 09, 010, right around the, when we got into the oil and gas side of things. So how did you get into to inspection NDT itself? Yeah, when I was, um, oh, my sci- my degrees in science and minors in math and computers. And after I, I left undergrad, I went to work for a company called W.R. Grace. And we did uh, uh, aqueous chemical processing in lieu of vapor degreasing, uh, which is, you know. You're going to have to explain that to me. I'm a simple welder. No, no, yeah. It's just cleaning processes, right? And a lot of times when you're in these precision environments, they'll use solvents. Well, there's other issues that come along with solvents. So trying to be able to find a non-solvent option of like water-based chemicals, there's other inherent issues that just water creates on very sensitive metals. So um, this the company WR Grace had a product called DeraClean, which was very targeted to the oil and gas industry for direct replacement. And maybe six months when I worked there, uh, they're like, hey, do you want to, I was in Atlanta, Georgia. And they're like, do you want to go to LA and take care of a 51,000 gallon immersion system at Boeing in Long Beach? I'm like, 
okay, sure. So they, they with, with the disclosure, if I didn't like it, I, they would send me back. But who can go from Georgia to California and not enjoy it? Um, and so that's how I got into the airspace pre-processing. But prior to doing mag particle and liquid penetrant, the, the cleanliness is very important in the inspection capability. So that was a, a smart acquisition that ITW did. And that's how I kind of rolled into the fold. I, me and another gentleman were brought over in that, we were in that retention. Weld preheating can send costs and schedules out of control. Harness the heat with arc reach heating systems from Miller. This induction heating equipment uses alternating electromagnetic currents to generate heat in workpieces. So welders can do their own preheating quickly and safely. For more information on induction heating, visit MillerWelds.com slash induction. Talk to me for a few minutes about really what, what have you seen the changes in inspection throughout your career? Where, where, when you started, where was it? What are some of the biggest changes and where are we going with it today? There's a lot, um, a lot in that. Um, there was also a migration from a personal standpoint where I took mag and penetrant, which are the two base fundamental, largely globally consistent, very inexpensive barrier to entry technologies. <clears throat> and so not much changes there. Um, the threats of always change coming was always in the conversations. Like instead of MagParta, we're going to go to eddy current, these digital solutions. It's going to replace it. It's going to be gone. You also hear the same things of advanced ultrasonics is going to totally get rid of radiography. Those conversations are always amongst the conferences, you know, the in lieu ofs. But in all actuality, all play their certain role. But the entrenchment of industry in a very risk adverse migration is a very slow to move off center. And so in the whole 25 years I've been here, there's been, I don't know if I should say moderate ticks of um, advanced injections, you know, going from conventional shear wave to uh, phased array, you know, advanced ultrasonic solutions, mm -hmm. going from film radiography to computed radiography to digital radiography, you know, these, these little bit in all those 25 years, that's really a lot of what I've seen, except for like uh, in the past four years, even the phased array part took a next um, exponential where there's like FMC, TFM, you know, became this excitation around a new, but not new premise. Right? So explain FMC and TFM to me and to our listeners. Okay. So phased array, you have, you know, your, your piezoelectric crystals and you time sequence a phase shift so you can make an angle and hence the reason phased array, you can push the uh, front wave of your or of your current into a direction into the weld, right? And that's done with certain lots of those um, piezoelectric crystals sequencing at different times. So kind of creating an angle, right? So FMC is full matrix capture where you basically, in short, ping with one and listen with all. It kind of gives you a volumetric, uh, kind of like the sonar on the planes when they fly over they're sending down signals and they're getting 360 type views of what's below them. So it's um, a different acquisition method. Uh, 
and, or uh, execution method. And then the acquisition part at the um, data processing is called TFM, total focusing method. So you basically take those voxels or those, those one pixels you can think in a camera, right? You take that one little point and you reconstruct it, reconstruct it from all those other data um, pulses. So it's a lot more data, labor, labor intensive on the computational side on the back end and the reconstruction, but you do get higher resolution. So if you're looking at, you know, high temperature hydrogen, um, hydrogen attack, which is like an intergranular discontinuity, you want to have that level of resolution. But if you're just doing weld inspection, you know, it might be good enough just for the phased array and Toft. Um, so um, it's it's just those are their moderate changes. I mean, is, did that explain it enough? And then yes, I'll, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Oh, cool, cool. So in that, those that's like twenty five years. That's the main things I've seen really move off center until COVID. And you know, things like um, and I hate to bring COVID as 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 like a, a, a good thing, but from an innovation technology standpoint, it has forced people to look at things differently. You know, I always say that the welding industry is about 25 years behind technology and, yep. and codes and standards are 25 years behind that. And and not for a bad reason, for a good reason, right? That things are changed and you want to prove it out. You know, things happen when you when you make mistakes in welding and inspection and in codes and standards. People can get hurt and we want to make sure that we're doing the best that we can. And definitely the last couple of years have taught us how to work differently um and see things a little bit differently for industry yeah but like even with the fact that people could not fly you had to do remote inspections and things like asme section 5 article 9 where it talks about you know direct visual is 18 inches 100 foot candles no more than 30 degree angle of incidence and remote is or equivalent well when you're talking about a drone that's x amount of feet away or someone sitting in the U.S. reviewing a wells in Europe, you know, there's things that need to happen. So in 2016, ironically, prior to this curve, actually, I think it was 2018, we we wanted to add one sentence into that article, which was basically injecting the line pair resolution chart, just so there became this reference of how you establish you know, the resolution required for whatever post-processing you're going to do, either remote review from a drone or artificial intelligence or machine learning applications. We need to all converge on what is an image? What kind of resolution do we require? What kind of lighting if you're looking and you can do light leveling in your image? You know, what? how do we need to look at it differently? So Technology is uh, getting better all around and how do we, it was exactly what you said, how do we agree on, what is going to be a standard so that we're all playing from the same base. Right. And I hope my prayer and coming into my own um, organization, I'm not hamstrung by any, um, you know, long road map or zero requirements, but my heart is always resolved around some of the philosophy that we did in the ITW innovations team was basically throw your business card out the door and sit in a room from all perspectives, cut and bevel, post-well heat treat, customer, uh, EPC, fabricator, inspection company, and say, you know what, We're, we have a three-quarter inch hole. We don't need a new three-quarter inch drill bit. How do we make this solution better 
but it can't be in opposition. It has to be in concert. And, and that's what I really hope to continue doing. And I've kind of had that as my business policy. And, and mainly the reason why I went from um, Olympus to VMI, I was at a large EPC talking about, you know, phased array in lieu of RT. And they're like, you know, you need to go down and see the job and you'll understand the challenges. And I did. And I understood. <laughs> and some of it's workforce development, uh, resource pooling and concentrated areas. That's definitely something I would love to talk about because, I mean, we're, especially in the welding community of what is AWS projects 375,000 shortage by 2024. I know. It's hard to believe. Well, Kim, thanks for being with us today. We look forward to continue our conversation later.